All right. Thank you, everybody. David G., Alcoholic Addict, grateful for recovery date of August 8, 1994, and Alcoholics Anonymous for emotional recovery date and sexual sobriety of October 1, 2019. As I was saying earlier, I've had some health issues and kind of been under the weather for some time, but I appreciate all the prayers that have went out, and I'm now back on the other side of that, really looking forward to getting back to Big Book Step study meetings with everybody and uh really grateful to be here tonight we've been studying through the book pretty in depth pretty pretty in depth for several weeks now we have covered the first three steps and it has taken us probably 16 or 17 weeks to do that that's how thorough we've been going through the big book alcoholics anonymous now we looked at the decision last week in the third step prayer on page 62 and we looked at the prayer to support that for many years and in the open AA that I attended, and I had studied the book a lot of times, I always thought that the prayer was the third step decision. But as we read last week on page 62, down toward the end of the, the page there, it, it says, next we decided that hereafter in this drama life, God was going to be the director. So when it says next we decided, that was my decision. That's where I made my decision there. I had turned from self. I'd made the decision that God was going to be the director. We looked at the promises, about 14 promises at the top of page 63, and we used the prayer in the middle of the page to support that. We also seen that there was no amen at the end of that prayer, so therefore that prayer would be open-ended always. And moving into the rest of the work, it would be prayer and action, prayer and action, not just prayer or not just action. Anytime that I would do the four-step inventory, I would always use the third step prayer no matter what if i had to use the restroom if uh, somebody rang the doorbell if i got a text anything that disrupted my writing i would always come back to this prayer again before i ever got started because i didn't want to start without god now we made a covenant with god in this third step where it said that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him so if we have done this work pretty thoroughly by this point we have begun to really start to feel some power flow into us. Now we have to be careful here because I don't know if you're like me, but I like to get lazy right here. And, um, you know, that is not a very good idea. I would like for us to flip back to page 35 for just a second to look at a man that thought he was okay just by working the first three steps. And I've seen a lot of people do this over the years. Without the rest of the steps, this is just a decision. Just like the belief is a belief with no action, it's just a belief, so it's a decision. So there must be action on the decision. If you look at the bottom paragraph, when we're talking about a man named Jim, it says we told him what we knew of alcoholism. That was step one. The answer we had found, that was step two. He made a beginning, and that's the same thing it said over there. If you remember, on 63, this is just a beginning. But look at what happened. His family was reassembled. What a beautiful promise. That happens for most of us. He began to work as a salesman through a business he had lost through drinking. All went well for a time. But, and this pretty much changes the entire paragraph, he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. In other words, steps four through nine, Jim did not take. And as a result of that, in the next sentence, to his consternation, he found himself drunk a half a dozen times in rapid succession. Or if you're like some of us, we begin to act out after a period of time. So when we see the beginning, he made the beginning. Uh, when we come back, we see that here at the bottom of 63 where it says, you know, this is 
this is just the beginning, though, if honestly and humbly made, the effect sometimes a very great one was felt at once. Not always. Notice how it says sometimes, and that's the key word for me there. I can't go in with expectations of this is just going to blow me out of the water like it did in 1995. I had a very powerful spiritual experience in these first three steps in 95. But just because we turn our will and life over to God doesn't mean that the lifetime of bad habits vanish in a twinkling. For one thing, I don't even really know what those are, so I'm going to have to take a look at those in inventory. So the bottom of 63 says this. Next, we launched out on a course of vigorous action, the first step of which is a personal house cleaning. So a lot of people ask me, you know, when is the best time to take the fourth step? And there have been many people say, you know, maybe just enjoy this for a little while. Well, the book tells me very specifically, it says next. So we're talking like pretty quick. It said, which many of us had never attempted, and though our decision, step three, was a vital and crucial step. It'll have little or permanent effect unless it once followed by strenuous effort. And the strenuous effort will be step four to face and be rid of the things in ourselves. See, I always thought it was in somebody else or it was God. I never really looked at that so much as being in me, but notice how it says in ourselves. So we're going to have to take a look inwardly now. And it says what you've been blocking us. So these are the things that have been blocking us, not all the other stuff that I had thought through the years. So it says our liquor, our acting out, whatever that may be, is but a symptom. So we have to get down to causes. We know the causes is located in column two. And it says the conditions. We know that the conditions are located in column three. So it says, therefore, and the one thing that I like to look at right here, if, if alcohol, lust, drugs, sex, whatever it may be, if that didn't cause my condition, which I thought it did for so long, then what, what did cause my condition? And as we've looked at through the weeks, we've seen how self and self's will is really what has defeated us here. And we think it's something else, but that's far from the truth. So many of us had been sober for a long time in this fellowship and in this program, only to pick up another addiction along the way. The flea might have changed, but the bug never did. The bug being self and the flea being whatever addiction. So or liquor, or acting out, whatever it is, that's it's a symptom. That's not the cause. That's a symptom of the cause. So we're going to get down to causes and conditions. Therefore, we start up on a personal inventory. This was step four. A business which takes no regular inventory usually goes broke. That's a promise. It is. So I was told in the early beginning, David, if you're in the business of staying sober and recovering through this big book step study process, then you're very much the owner of this business. You very much are. And if you don't take regular inventory, which we're going we're gonna to look at doing that pretty regular in step 10 as we move along, then that's a pretty good promise there that I'm probably going to go broke in a lot of areas and, and probably end up acting out all over again. So it says taking a commercial inventory is a fact finding. Now, in order to find the facts, it's pretty obvious that I'm going to have to search for them. So that's where I write searching above fact finding. It says a fact facing. If I'm going to face the facts, then I must be rid of fear. And if you remember back on 63 there, whenever we read the promises, it says we begin to lose our fear of the day to more the hereafter. Now, if I rest on step three and I don't move into this, fear 
is going to come back in the way that it always was. So if I'm going to face the fact, I must be fearless. So there we see searching and fearless, and those are the first two words in the inventory. It says it's an effort to discover the truth, and if you'll look at the 1913 Webster's Dictionary, the word truth means moral. That's all it means. So there we see the searching, the fearless, and the moral inventory, and that's all that step four is, a fact-finding, a fact-facing. It's an effort to discover the truth. The truth about what? The truth about the lie. The lie that lives within my head that tells me it's okay to do certain things. I take actions based on that thought, and I end up in all kinds of trouble because I'm not treated. There's no God in my life. I hadn't made a covenant with God at this point. I hadn't worked. I didn't see what the problem was. And it had me hopeless defeated, hopelessly defeated with 24 years of sobriety and Alcoholics Anonymous. So it's an effort to, to discover the truth about a lie. About the stock and trade, one object is to disclose damage or unsellable goods to get rid of them promptly. I mean, pretty quick is what it's saying here. Without any regret, if the owner of the business, and that's David or whoever you may be, is to be successful, that's a promise to me. If it says that I'm going to be successful, if I'll do these certain things, that's a promise for me. I cannot fool myself about values. We're going to ex do the exact same thing with our lives. We're going to take stock honestly. First, we're going to search out the flaws in our makeup. That's an interesting word. The flaws seem to be a part of my makeup. A lot of people ask a lot of times, man, where is self? How is self? Why is that? Well, it tells me that those flaws are a part of my makeup, and that's what caused my failure. You know, not the booze, not the alcohol, not the acting out. And why I say that is because of this next sentence. Being convinced that self, small s, not booze, not drugs, not lust, not sex, not overeating, not any of that. Self manifested in various ways is what had defeated us as a promise. So I want to circle two words in my book. I want to circle the word self and I want to circle the word us. And I want to look at those very carefully and I want to see that they are not the same. This is something different. Now I've identified with self. I've taken actions based on self. I thought I was self, but as it turns out, self manifested in various ways is what had defeated us, not any of the other stuff. That's why I could never get over it before, because I never took the right problem to God. I took all this other stuff, and it never worked. It says we consider it. I want to circle that word because that's talking about self again. That has nothing to do with us. We considered its common manifestations. Now, for a long time, I ran around in the fellowship and in the program, and I really felt like my spirit was sick. I just thought, well, my spirit is sick. Once the spiritual malady is overcome, I straighten out mentally and physically. And I was just convinced of that I just was. But after having an awakening through this process, I began to read this book differently. And let's look at this real close, what it says. Resentment is the number one offender, not booze. Not drugs, not lust, not sex, not any of that. Resentment. Now, remember, we're going to consider it's talking about self's common manifestation. So here's the first one. Resentment. It's the number one offender. It. Talking about resentment, which is a common manifestation of self, destroys more alcoholics than anything else. Even alcohol. From it, 
we're talking about resentment here, which is a common manifestation of self, stem all forms of spiritual disease. There's no way my spirit can be sick. God is spirit. My spirit, that is God. If that's true, there's no hope for me or for you or for anyone else. There's just not. If my spirit is sick. Now, my mind has convinced me of that, that it is. And I've heard that in meetings many times. But when I read this, it's very clear from it, resentment, which is a common manifestation of self, stem all forms of spiritual disease, not from the spirit. I'm spiritually sick because of a human condition, and that's self. It says, we have not only been mentally, that's because of the obsession, physically because of the allergy, ill, we have been spiritually sick. So the book says right there we're spiritually sick. But if you read those first two or three sentences very carefully, it's going to tell us this is because of self, not because of the spirit. That just blew me away. So in dealing with resentments, we set them on paper. There's our very first instruction. We're going to do three things here. We're going to list people, institutions, or principles with whom we were angry. There's a period there, so that means stop. We're not going to move on any further until we do this. So I can remember coming back to my sponsor when coming through this process of the big book and the way we do it here. And I said, all right, so I'll draw up some columns, this, this, this. He said, no, where do you see the word columns? I said, well, I don't. He said, David, the only thing that I want you to do is to make a list. Now, for 24 years, I'd drawn columns. I'd done this. I'd done that. Only thing it's asking us right here is a list. We listed people, institutions, principle. Now, remember, there was no amen at the end of step three, so we're very much still in prayer. And so prayerfully, I want to come at this, and I want to say that prayer, and I want to ask my creator to show me the truth about the people that I've been resentful at. Now, whatever comes to me, if I try to debate that, say, well, you know, I've already dealt with that, another inventory down the road there, self trying to argue with what's happened to me prayerfully. So I'm going to list the people. Now, it says institutions. I'm going to ask to be shown the truth about institutions. You know, a lot of mine turned out like the marriage banker, you know, the politics, religion, all of this kind of stuff. But then we come to principles. And when I was brought through this process of the book in 2019, I had never looked at principles the way this man had me look at principles. And that was mostly about self-hatred. I want to look at principles in that area. I'm fat. I'm ugly. I'm damaged. I'm not enough. I don't have enough hair. I've never been smart enough. I'll never be good enough. I'm always failing in relationships. You know, I can't give my, I mean, on and on and on and on. All of this stuff. I want to look at that here whenever we get to principles, because if I don't, and I didn't for many years, when I move through the rest of the step, that stuff is going to continue to gnaw at me in my soul. And I'm going to take action because I never got any healing from that here i never looked at principles in that way i thought principles was something much different but i see now that that was not the truth so when i look at people institutions and principles then i want to look at self-hatred what is it that i do not like about david my god that list was unbelievably long so i get this all down and i've got a list put together no columns or anything and i come back 
I said, okay, here we go. So he says, all right, then we're going to move to the next portion of it, which mostly is called in any fellowship, column two. It says we ask ourselves why we were angry, period. So that means we're going to stop. And here I've done the big book step study process two different ways. I did it with this man, and then I have done the highness method as well, but with another man. And so both of these ways that I'm about to describe are very, very effective. Now, the first time that I went through this with the first man, he had me to put the name off of my list on the left-hand side of the page behind the red line. And then he had me in 19 words or less write the cause because the ego loves the story. Here's where I want to write the book. I want to write, 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 write about what they have done to me. He said, no, we want to keep that pretty simple. So he told me 19 words or less. I said, where do you find that in the book? So he took me to page 65. And if you'll look at your example right there pretty close on the cause, if you'll count the words, I count 19. His attention to my wife, to a wife of my mistress, Brown may get the job, my job at the office. That's 19 words. Anything under that, if you will count, is less. So he told me in 19 words or less, we're going to write the cause and we're going to do this prayerfully. David, don't say a prayer and just run out there and start writing. Wait for some of this to come to you. It will. And it did. And so that's the way I did it. And here's where he threw me off because he said one name, one page. He had me to write the resentment. If you'll look at 65, he had me to do, say, Mr. Brown and the attention there. And then if you see the effects, then on the back side of my page was left blank. And we're going to look at that because that's going to be kept for fourth column work. Now, in the hyenas method, I would open up the notebook where two pages would be facing me. I would write more than one name down through there. I would do it exactly as it's laid out there on 65. I don't want to make this too confusing for anybody, but I would do it exactly the way it's laid out here and then my turnarounds would go on the blank page on the right hand side that was facing me so i've done this two different ways and it's very effective both ways so that's what we're going to do we're going to write 19 words or less and so when we come back once this is over it says and this is what we're going to be looking at in the third column in most cases we have found and we're going to look at seven areas of self one self-esteem two pocketbook three ambitions four personal relationships including sex they were hurt i want to circle that word threatened i want to circle that word so we were sore we were burned up on our grads list we said opposite each name our injuries i want to circle that word was it our self-esteem? Was it our security? There's number five. Our ambition? There's number six. Our personal or six relations, which had been interfered. I want to circle that part with. Now, if you look at the right-hand side of the page, all the way almost to the bottom, in the last example over by the wife there in effects, you'll see the word pride, and that's number seven. That's the seven areas of self. Now, when I look at this third column, I'm going to want to look at four things. What was hurt, what was threatened, what was injured, or what was interfered with in these seven areas of self. So 
I'm going to ask my friend Dennis if he has that, the seven areas of self template that we can put that up. And before we do that, I want to take a look at the examples with Mr. Brown, Jones, and Porter and the wife. We see that in what would be called column one. All right, so let's look at the cause. And let's see if we can see where his thinking is pretty off. And most of ours is going to be the same way. Look at what he says. He's resentful because of Brown's attention to his wife. Brown told wife of his mistress. Well, <laughs> that would be a good reason to be uh, upset, I would think. But that's also dishonest. So we see right there that he's resentful because of a lie. And Brown may get his job at the office. Now, let's look at the judgment with Mrs. Jones in the, in the second example. She's a nut. So that's judgment. She snubbed me. She committed her husband for drinking. He's my friend, and she's a gossip. Look at the employer. He's mad because he's unreasonable and unjust and overbearing and threatens to fire him for, for drinking. Now, I don't know about where you work, but where I work, if you get caught drinking, you're probably going to get fired for that. Now, I can be resentful if I won't, but it's not going to change the fact. So he's resentful for getting caught or getting told on for drinking and padding the expense account. Now, look at the wife. She misunderstands and nags like Brown. She wants the house put in her name. Well, why would she want the house put in her name? Well, if you'll look back up at the first example there next to Mr. Brown, he got caught with a mistress. Now, I don't know about, about you, but most of us, whenever that kind of thing happens, then uh, we're probably looking at divorce and we're looking at the house being put in their name. So, And also, Brown may get his job at the office. Well, if you'll look at the second to the last, he's been drinking on the job. He's been padding the expense account. There's a pretty good reason there that he would resent that and be afraid. So when we look at all of that stuff in 19 words or less, we're going to want to come over to the effects. Now, these seven areas of self, obviously, I need to know what these are. And in order for me to do that, then I need to take a look at a template. And this is what a guy had given me. And if we can pull this up, then we will take a look at it. There we go. All right. Let's look at the seven areas of self. Let's look at the definition for self-esteem. How do I feel about me? Self-esteem goes two ways. There's high self-esteem and then there's low. If I think I'm better than you, then I obviously suffer from high self-esteem. If I feel like I'm lower than, then I suffer from low self-esteem. So the question becomes, how did I feel about me? Now, when I look at that, I want to look at my cause that I've written down and I want to look at self-esteem. And I want to ask myself, how did I feel about me during that time? Well, for me, I briefly wrote that down in sentence form right underneath because he had me doing my turnarounds on the back of the sheet. So under the first, under the resentment and the cause, the rest of that page underneath is where I put these seven areas of self. And I asked myself that question, how did I feel about me? And I wrote that out. Pride, how I thought others saw or felt about me. I wrote that out. You know, I thought people seen me as weak or I either seen felt that they saw me as strong or they saw me as a drunk or they saw me as whatever. Ambition. What did I want? What did I truly want from that situation? 
And I need to look at that. You know, did I want recognition? Did I want prestige? Did I, what did I want? Security. What do I think I need for others to do for me or think of me in order for me to feel like I'm okay? I can remember having that resentment with my mother. And I just felt like if she would just understand me better, be more of a mom, do this and that, I would be okay. I've learned today that my happiness and my security doesn't depend on other people. It depends on God. And for me, you know, I found out that my mother didn't need a son. And, you know, it, it was, I'm her son more than she's my mother. And I want to try to keep that attitude in mind. The same went with my wife. The same went with my children. I'm their dad. They're not my children, although they are, quote unquote, my children. I have to look at that because I start really saying mine, 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 and I'm back into self again. And so personal relationships, take a look at that. What demands I put on others, any relationship that doesn't include sex relations, sex relations, how was I hurt, threatened, injured, or interfered with what was going on inside of me? That's any relationship that I'm involved with real imagined or potential in my pocketbook. How was I hurt, threatened, injured, or interfered with what went on inside of me? That includes finances, money, property, security, and material. But here was the kicker for me. Whenever I wrote this down and took a close look at all of this stuff, this man had me to reflect on one question. What do I do or what did I do every time I found myself with my self-esteem threatened, hurt? What did I do? Did I bully? Did I attack? Did I come at somebody? Did I use deceit? Did I lose, use lies? Did I use dishonesty? All of a sudden, I'm starting to see how self manifests in various ways on the inside of me. I'm being looking at the core emotional behavior that goes on with David. Whenever I look at column two and I see what they did to me and I write this down and I start taking a look at this, you know what happens? I start forgetting so much about them. I start focusing more on me and what's going on on the inside of me. And the miracle of this the resentment starts to fall away and fall away. The resentment is the number one fender. It'll get me drunk or it'll cause me to act out quicker than anything else. So I want to go to the core with this pride, how I thought others saw or felt about me. Question. I'm not writing all this down. I'm just reflecting back on this. What do I do anytime that I think or, or that others see or feel about me? If I feel like they see me weak, how do I react to that? Do I act out in crazy ways to try to show them that they're wrong and they better not mess with me or else? Or, you know, do I sulk or do I cry or do I go into pity? What do I do or what did I do? And I want to look close at this because I'm, we're going to be riding on some turnarounds here pretty quick through this process. And I'm telling you, I need this information to help me see what I do or what I did do in order to take a good, solid, honest look at that. Bottom of, thank you, Ashley, bottom of page 65. We went back through our lives, nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. And I can remember having so many names on that list. And I remember going back to him saying, my God, could that be, could that be possible that I have that many names? And he said, did you do it prayerfully? Like I asked you to. And I said, yes, of course I did. And then he said, then you absolutely would have that many names. I said, my God, that was 600 names, man. He said, you're in your fifties, right? I said, yeah. He said, yeah, I can see that. And so nothing counts, but thoroughness and honesty. So I tell my guys, if you're not thorough and honest, it doesn't count. You might as well throw it away. When we were finished, 
And for me, we're looking at this third column here. When we were finished, we're going to consider it carefully. Now, the first thing apparent, top of 66 in our book, was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. Not always, but often. Now, I don't need to read a book or to talk to very many people to have that belief. I'm pretty sure that they were quite wrong. But look at what it says. To conclude that others are, were wrong was as far as most of us got. We know that that's column two whenever we look at others' wrongs. We're not looking at our own. We're looking at theirs. And in column two, I looked at how they wronged me. But look at what it says. That's as far as most of us ever got. That's talking about the first 100 people that wrote this book. That's a strong statement. That column two was as far as most of them ever got. Well, the usual outcome is that can people continue to wrong us because I've had no awakening. I continue to see things the way that I've always seen them. And we stayed sore. Now, sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. That's a promise in this book. As in war, the victor only seemed to win. Notice how you italicize that word seem. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. Now, the promise in the book. Well, it is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. So about seven times on this page, he is going to show me in different words that if I don't get free of anger and resentment, it is going to kill me. It's going to kill me spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and eventually physically. I had some pretty bad resentments for a long, long time. And I can tell you health-wise, that's hard on somebody. Stress, all of that stuff leads to a lot of what it said right there. So we're going to look at the very first thing that's connected to the word death, and that's futility. That's number one. So to the precise extent that we permit these, notice who permits these. We permit them. I always thought it was God's fault. It was their fault. It was somebody. The book says, no, you, we are the ones who permit these. They have my permission, otherwise they wouldn't be there. Do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile? But with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and the growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely great. There it is again. It's, that word is connected to death, infinitely great. We found it is fatal. There it is again, fatal. That's connected to death. We've seen about three times here. He's warning us very strongly. We better find a way to get out from under this or else. For when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. When harboring such feelings of resentment. See, that's what shuts us off from the sunlight of the spirit. The spirit doesn't shut us off from the spirit. Resentment, which is a common manifestation of self, that is the feelings we are harboring. And when we do that, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. It's dark in Oklahoma right now, and I can walk out and look at the sky, and I promise you I can't see it at all, at all. But it doesn't mean it's not there. It is absolutely there. And just because I'm harboring feelings and I can't feel or see the spirit doesn't mean it's not there. It's very much there. I just can't see it because I've harbored such feelings and I've shut myself off from the sunlight of the spirit. So I can't see. I'm running around in sanity. I'm acting out. I'm drinking. I'm doing all of these crazy things. I'm hurting people. 
and look at what the very next thing said. The very next sentence says, the insanity of alcohol returns and we drink again. And that is a strong promise in this book that will happen to us. If we're sex addicts, that will happen to us. If we're overeaters, that will happen to us. And with us, to drink is to die. There it is again, death. And he's talked about that about five different times now. So if we were to live, he says, opposite of living is dying. So there it is again. We had to be free of anger. That's not a suggestion. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty strong statement to me. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. Now, they may be the dubious luxury of normal men. And if you look up the word dubious, it means doubtful. So we're pretty doubtful that it's even a luxury for normal men. But for us, it is definitely poison. And we know that poison, drinking it in any way, that will kill us. So we've seen, what, five, six, seven times there where he has continued to warn us over and over and over. We turn back to the list. Remember principles, institutions, and principles. Remember the list that we wrote in the very beginning. That's all we're going to, nothing more. Now, we've worked three columns in the book by this point, and we're going to take a look at some actions that we're going to do. Now, obviously, always before, you know, I just run right to the fourth column or the turnarounds or whatever it may be. But there's something that I missed here along the way all these times. So let's take a look. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to that list. Don't throw that list away. Whatever you do, hang on to that list. Why? Look at the next sentence. It holds the key to the future. Now, we're prepared to look at this from an entirely different angle. We're not going to see it the same anymore. When I wrote it, I've seen a lot of anger, and I saw a lot of hate, and I saw a lot of meanness, and I saw a lot of fear. I'm going to look at it much differently now. Now, we begin to see that the world and its people really dominate us. We've seen that in columns one and two. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, remember that's column two, whether it was fancied or real, actually had the power to kill. There's that word again. That's seven times he's mentioned that on this page. How can we escape? We saw, keywords right there, we saw that these resentments must be mastered. But how? <laughs> that become my question. How? I can't wish them away any more than I can alcohol, drugs, sex, lust, whatever it may be. So this is the course we realized. Now, when I realized and I look at that word spiritually, realized I see you today with my real eyes. I see you differently than I ever saw you before. Why? Because I've had an awakening now. So we realized for that the people who wronged us were perhaps spiritually sick. In order for me to ever see anything like that, I must have had some kind of change in my outlook for the realization that you were sick when you hurt me. You didn't hate me. You didn't any of that. You were sick. I had a man that physically and sexually abused me whenever I was a child. He was a spiritually sick man. I can see that today. So many people on that list, I can look back now and I can see exactly. So look at what it says at the top of 67. Though we did not like their symptoms, that's column two. And the way that these disturbed us, that's column three. They, and this is the part I always forget, like ourselves, me, were sick too. Here's my prayer. Anytime I see these two words in the book, that's prayer. We ask God to help us show them the same tolerance, pity, and patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. 
when a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How could I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. Thy will be done. So the way to get even with people for me today is to pray for them, not to beat them with sticks and shoot at them with guns and all that crazy stuff that I used to do. I don't do that anymore. The way for me to get even with them today is to pray for them. So it says this, we avoid retaliation or argument. We wouldn't treat sick people that way. If we do, we destroy our chance of being helpful. That's a promise. We cannot be helpful to all people, but at least God will show us how to take a kindly and tolerant view. Key word right there, view of each and every one. My view is going to change. I'm going to see them kindly. I'm going to have a kindly and tolerant view of each and every one. I'll take that compared to what it was. So I'm ready to jump into turnarounds at this point. And he says, no, no, hold up. He says, we're going to do some prayer work. <laughs> so what do you mean we're going to do some prayer work? He said, we're going to go back to that list. And we're going to look at every name on that page. And we're going to go to the top of this page. And we're going to do this. Look at each one. Though we did not like their symptoms. And the way that these disturbed us, columns two and three, they like us were sick too. Here was my vision. He had me to do a visualization. He asked me to remember someone that had maybe been in a hospital bed through the years that was dying. Someone very close to me. And he said, have you ever had such a person and you prayed and prayed and prayed that that person would be okay? And I said, yes, of course I have. He said, our exercise here is that we're going to take every name off of that list. And whoever that person was, we're going to take them out of that bed, visually put the person on that list in that bed, and we're going to say this prayer, God, please help me show him the same tolerance, pity, patient, I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. This is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God save me from being angry. That will be done. And I'll tell you what, that was one of the hardest things that I had to do in this work, probably in the beginning. Now it eased up pretty quick. I had a grandson that was four years old and his stomach swelled out and we didn't know what was going on with him. And we were sure he was going to die. He was in so much pain. It was unbelievable. And we took him in and they were running tubes down his nose and he was screaming. And he was crying and he was scared and it just tore a heart out. I can remember getting on my knees in the lobby in front of everybody and just praying to God for that kid. He asked me to do this same thing with each name that was on that list. <laughs> you talk about hard. I had a stepdad that abused me. I had killed that man. I mean, my God, now you're asking me to do that. Oh, and I tell you what, that poison started draining out of my soul little by little as I began to pray for these people and to ask God to show them the same time. This is a very, very powerful part. because And, and here's what I discovered. If I don't do this, I'm going to continue to hold some kind of little bit of anger towards you, towards them. I can't move on. I can't see my mistakes which is going to be in the turnarounds, which we'll probably jump into next week. I cannot see the truth about my selfishness, dishonesty, self-seeking and fear. I can't see the truth about that if I'm still holding judgment and blame against you. Whenever I do this, this is about forgiveness. This is to never be brought up or charged against ever again. 
the slate is to be wiped clean. And I'm going to tell you that that's a very hard thing to do. But if I will commit to this and if I will continue to do this over and over and over and over, then slowly, 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 that poison began to drain out of my soul. And for the first time, I knew that I was beginning to heal in a way that I'd never healed in all those years. It was tough. But I can tell you today is the greatest piece of work that I've done by far. Resentment's the number one offender. It told us seven times on page 66, it will kill us and we better find a way out. Here's the way out. The question becomes, do you want it? And the question became for me, did I want it? And I absolutely wanted it. And I did this. And by the grace of God, my life has never been the same again. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, end it right there because the turnarounds would be a beautiful place for us to pick up next week. Now, for a long time, I questioned that word turnaround. Where do you, where do you see that in the book? Where do you see that? You know, I always got to know something. He took me right back to the bottom of page 66 in that first paragraph. It said, we turn back. Anytime I turn back, I turn around. We'll look at the turnarounds next week. Glad to be here.